Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health-monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. A couple of weeks ago, we had the chance to meet some of you at an event hosted by The Times. A handful of Times subscribers, a very big hand, joined us here at Times Towers for a lovely afternoon of tea, cake and chat. Now, if you weren't able to join us, please don't worry, because guess what? We only went and recorded the whole thing, and we're now bringing it to you in a neat little two-part podcast episode. So grab a scone, make sure you've gone, pour yourself some tea and enjoy this bonus live episode of Off Air. Thank you for answering my questions. Thank and you. I think it's time to throw it open to you guys. Um, so somebody will be coming round with microphones. Um, and hopefully you've got some questions for Jane and Fee. Um, who'd like to start? Yes, lady in, lady, both ladies in the front here. Thank you. Oh, if you just hang on, we've got a microphone coming to you now. Is that OK? Yeah. What's your pet peeve about the other? Ooh. Oh, this is that's that's Ooh, straight tough in one. there, madam, isn't it? Straight in. Yeah. You go first, senior partner. <laughs> <laughs> oh. uh, I think I think well, I tell you what it is. Fee genuinely works hard, and I'm. My sister and I were talking about this the other day. There is no doubt about it. There is a Garvey lazy gene. Uh, I, without question, have that. I am. Um, there's, I've always had that, oh, I'll wing it. It'll be all right. I'll just wing it. And um, sometimes it works. Sometimes it pays off. But it doesn't... There are other times when I wish I didn't have it and I wish I could properly, properly work. So well, your peeve and I would say that, that you're fees, lazy. <laughs> no, I would say that fees are much more... She genuinely puts the effort in. Um, so let's talk about a book that we're both reading. Fee really will read it. <laughs> <laughs> and I'll have had a really good look <laughs> um, and, there's, and there's a difference and um, so I've done you know, other jobs um, and I've, I've worked on my own in radio and in those days I could at the BBC I could usually well, you know, Woman's Hour for example where I worked had a staff of 125,000 people um, all of whom could read the book and then write me they'd often been to Harvard and could write 400-page essays on the book I was then going to do a four-and-a-half-minute interview on. Uh, so, you know, that, I, it was huge amounts of help. And um, so that was I, that covered for my laziness, I would say. So I, that's the honest answer, is that Fee really, really works hard. And you, you would acknowledge that, wouldn't you? That's not, that's, not an, any, that's not a criticism. It's a criticism of me, actually. 
I have, I know I have the propensity to be to be as to do as little as I could possibly get away with. Hmm. Yeah, I don't mind working hard. I no, really like no. working hard. Um, I can't stand the way Jane eats her apples. Yeah. And just, uh, really, I mean, I probably just can't stand it. So, and she knows this in the office because when she gets Eve's laughing over there, so she gets out and, and she brings in these apples. They're enormous. I mean, they're like <laughs> mutated apples. They're pink ladies. Yeah, and she'll eat mutant. them. And, and I actually now I've got to the stage where, like a child, sometimes I'm making faces behind her back. So that's my chief peeve, and I'm really sorry. And it's actually quite—I've found that quite cathartic to say. Right. Would it help if I ate a banana? Yes, okay. it would actually. It right. would. I'll, yeah. I'll try a banana next week. <laughs> See how I get on. I just—I have to say though, you just did such a woman thing what? of being asked about a peeve about fee and mm. making it into a criticism of yourself. No, but I—it's just that's just yeah. a, that was a rude, that was an honest answer. Yeah. That she, I suppose what I'm saying is she makes me feel a bit guilty. That's where we go. <laughs> Let's go there. Yeah, that's she works too. You don't like squats? No. Well, no, I didn't say that. <laughs> I didn't say that. Uh, but you see, I hate the word squat. Mm. Really, really hate it. Yeah, because, that is not fair, that word, actually. Yeah, because, um, um, so I, and this is, you know, maybe this is a kind of Presbyterian guilt thing, but I would just feel dreadful if I hadn't read somebody's mm. book or hadn't read the brief or, and I hear other people doing interviews and, um, and actually, like Jane's me. no, Jane's doing herself down because I, you're not disrespectful to people who come in at all, and you you have always done uh, the work on yeah. on people, um, but you hear it when other people haven't, and you know it's not the most arduous of jobs. Our job, it really isn't, and it's a you know the least you can do is to have some knowledge of the person sitting in front of you because it must be awful for them if they know that the person interviewing them hasn't got a bloody clue what they're talking about. On the other hand, can we just acknowledge that, I mean, we're not going to name names, we really won't, but we have interviewed writers, and we have both read their book, and And they they haven't read it. They haven't written it, they haven't read it, and and it's difficult. That is difficult. I was going to say, yeah. That annoys us both. We know know who those people are. I I do think that if someone's written a book, the least I can do is read it before I interview them. But if they haven't written it, if they haven't written it... What else? Well, read, read the press release. It's fine. Yeah, yeah. yeah but but also, I'm going to do a womanly thing and say that I think Jane's been too hard on herself because you do you do often uh, you often have done, have done more work on a guest than I have. So, so there. Yeah. That's one all. That's good. Yes, thank you. Yeah. That was therapeutic all round. Oh, yes, I feel much better. <laughs> Who else has um, got a question? <laughs> yes, lady in the front here. A slightly similar question, but not quite the same. Um, I'd really like to know, I think we'd all really like to know, do you ever have a proper falling out? And would you be willing to tell us about one? <laughs> well, there was... <laughs> There's only been one disagreement in the last how many years? Seven? Ten, well, ten years, ten years since we did ten. the radio thingy together. Oh, yeah, yeah. So, I, I, we, did, we honestly, we did have a bit of a kerfuffle. Uh, it was over very, very quickly. And also... And that's once in 10 years. And you know, you're not the first person to have asked that question. And I worked for many years with a male co-presenter, a lovely man, genuinely lovely man called Peter Allen on Five Live. Great, great broadcaster and a good friend of mine. And we really did argue. But do you know what? No one ever asked if we argued. Mm. And I think that I've always remembered that because he used to really annoy me. I know I irritated the life out of him. And we would sometimes do three hours together, often in incre- incredibly stressful circumstances, covering news stories. And, and we would not be speaking because of a row 
that had gone over from the week before. Uh, and, but we'd get, we'd get through it, but no one ever, ever suggested that we might fall out. And I think it is interesting that people are interested in women falling out with each other mm-hmm. in a way that we assume that male um, friendships are without rancour and without bickering. And it, it's, it's simply not true. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, well, I, I don't know because I'm not a man, but I would assume that men do fall out or just cease to be friends. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think I would, I would say that our, our professional uh, relationship is, is one thing. And when we stop working together, it would be really nice when we can see each other socially again. But, I mean, Fee does not, oddly enough, want to have a meal with me over the weekend. I can't think why not. <laughs> no, but, no, but vice versa. We're, um, you know, we're in quite a, we are in quite an intense working relationship together. And I think especially doing the podcast where some, some of what we've ended up, how we've ended up being in the podcast is, is quite kind of, sometimes quite spiky with each other. Some of that's a, a genuine release because at the end of doing a you know, day's work together, that's exactly how I think you'd be with anybody and that's what people hear. Um, but we are falling out. Do you mind me telling this? Mm-hmm. No. So the only time that we had a falling out is when we were doing the book tour together and we've been doing loads and loads of publicity and we've gone on a huge show, huge, huge radio show, and, uh, and Jane had been asked a really simple question about how we met. And she said, well, of course, when I met her, I couldn't stand her. <laughs> and I just got a bit upset about that. It was kind of like, but you didn't even know me. That's just dreadful. You can't say that you, you, know, you don't like someone when you haven't even met them. So I called her out on it, and we had a hug. And then it was all over, and it was absolutely fine. So that's the honest answer. You know, I, and, you know, friendships benefit from from being able to say stuff and, and do stuff. I mean, I can't stand her now, but I'd never say that <laughs> on Zoe Ball's breakfast show. I just wouldn't. <laughs> so, right, no, you know so that was on it. Monday, I'm going to have four apples, <laughs> one after each other, really noisily. Yeah. But the women falling out with women thing, I think we have to be really careful of because it is the demise of loads and loads of, you know, friendships and businesses and, you know... Publishing imprints and magazines, women start things up together and, and women fall out with each other, and I think the world rather delights in it. Mm. And, you know, we are not going to go the way of Colleen Rooney and Rebecca Vardy. Which one would you be? Which one would you be? Well, I'm Colleen anyway. Yeah, she's Colleen. I'm actually a big admirer of Colleen. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. She's wonderful. I, I've yeah, and she did play a blinder. Yeah. On, blinder. on that one, but gosh, I mean, the fallout's horrible, isn't it? It's, it's really, yeah. really horrible. Mm. Yeah. Anybody else? Yeah, down the front here. Oh, just, just, oh, oh, oh. We'll come to you. Sorry, one second. The microphone's there. We'll Hold fire. Who that you haven't yet interviewed would you most like to interview on the show and why? Oh, um, thank you. Um, gosh, we get... Who do we... I mean, it's all this sort of... I mean, I actually had a, quite a bit of a hankering for Nadine Dorries. Um, oh. Only because... I know it's hard. I think we could get her. I think we could get her, yes. But, well, I don't know, because she was quite rude about the Times. I heard her on another radio station last night. Oh. And um, she was suggesting that stories about her had been leaked unhelpfully to the Times. Uh, although her book is published by HarperCollins, who are uh, in this building. So. One floor down. Yes, yeah. exactly. Um, and obviously, I'm from Liverpool. It's not obvious, but uh, I am from Liverpool. And Nadine is, is also from Liverpool. And I, we had a really interesting exchange about her the other day with uh, the, the political commentator, Isabel Hardman, who just said, 
that although she she is much mocked, Nadine, and there is a lot of snobbishness in that. There's no doubt about that. It, it probably won't surprise anyone in the room to know that I cannot stand Boris Johnson. I cannot stand him. And one of the most wonderful things about coming to this organisation was that I finally could say that. And when he gives evidence to the COVID inquiry the week before Christmas or whenever we think it's going to be, you know, I mean, what's left of his reputation will finally, I imagine... Anyway, let's not go there because it's going. To, my blood pressure is just going to go through the roof. But um, no, I think it'll uh, go down because you'll see it all played out. Actually, it'll be a good yeah well, display. Ho- hopefully, but sorry to back to Nadine. She is such an admirer of his. Mm. I, I would just be fascinated to know why on earth she fell under his spell. Uh, but uh, Isabel Hardman was saying that actually there are elements of, you know, not everything in her book can be too easily dismissed. Mm. Um, and some people just want to mock her and mock the book. But actually, there might be some kernels of truth in there. I also think she's just an extraordinary... She's achieved an extraordinary amount. Yes. And that, and, you know, she's, yeah. I mean, talk about pulling yourself up by your yeah. straps. She's just, and she just keeps had multiple going. careers. And, mm. you know, she's looked after her family. She's, she's pretty extraordinary. Politically, I mean, she's not for me, but... No. You know, but, I, I, I can't help but admire where she's got to. Mm. She'd be a great interview. I think she'd be interesting. Yeah. yeah. Everyone says they don't. They don't look like the time. I'd really, 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 really love to, uh, to get any of those enormous tech unicorns locked in a studio for an hour. I think they're so culpable for so much, and mm. the reverence with which they're treated is just mad. So when you see them being interviewed, uh, you know, what a waste when Rishi Sunak met Elon Musk. You know, they, they need to really, really be pushed. And to, I think they just need to better understand what they've done to the world, what they're doing to our kids, the way that we can't come back from it. You know, there are so, so many questions. But whenever you see, because they're so tightly controlled, whenever you see them being interviewed, it is so patsy. And it never boils down to, you know, proper, proper questions just about kids and how we can get them all back from stuff. So I'd love to do any of them. Any yeah, of the them. chance of Elon Musk appearing on off air, I, <laughs> I suspect a little slim, limited. But, but, but you know, there's, uh, um, the, it's always worth a shout out. I'd, I'd like to get Nick Clegg on. Mm, I'd really mm. like to get Nick Clegg on because mm. I think um, he, well, <laughs> he he used to be a man who would answer questions, but I don't know what's happened. Yeah, back in the yeah. Sheffield days. Mm. Yes. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Anybody else? Oh, yes, lady down the front. Oh, um, 
This is specifically for uh, Jane, actually. I, I wonder what your views on AstroTurf are now. <laughs> I love the left field. It's artificial <laughs> grass. I, 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 yes, I, I do have... Well, don't you also have it? Yeah, we've both got it. Yeah. Now, there are good reasons... I mean, honestly, there are good reasons why I have it. I didn't have grass. It didn't replace grass in my substantial acreage over there in east-west Kensington. Um, I mean, as you can imagine, it is tiny. We are talking about an extraordinarily small patch of land. Um, There was never grass there. I have covered it with the unforgivably terrible artificial grass, although mine is Mayfair, as I like to point out. Um, You could choose Chelsea, Knightsbridge, Mayfair. What was the other one? It was a really upmarket... I mean, it's a really idiotic, vivid green, um, and it was it was very reduced in price. Uh, I think because it's absurdly bright. Um, but you know what? Every time I come downstairs in the morning and see it, it really cheers me up. So I um, I rather I rather like it. I'm slightly defensive. I mean, I have got I've got borders, and I've filled them with all sorts of wonderful uh, plants, real things, those other things, bushes, yeah. <laughs> yes, and bee bee friendly products sorry that's not the right foliage uh and so i would and there are foxes and squirrels and everyone seems to enjoy it um so foxes i don't know whether it what's whether it's just our part of london but we have had foxes in on the roof um it's it's absolutely vile um the fox population of east west kensington they seem completely rampant and to be largely taking over Anyway, I'll leave you with that thought. <laughs> How do you defend your artificial grass? Well, I can't really, but no. because Monty Don, he gave me absolution on my artificial grass. Oh, yeah, he did, yeah. Because uh, cause we've, we, we just had a bit down the bottom of the garden where the, you know, it's a north-facing London garden with plane trees over it, which was just muddy and shit. And so the kids wouldn't go out there. So I put the grass down and the kids, you know, they, they played football down there for years. And Monty said that was all right. So now, I mean, all kinds of things were lifted from my spirit by him saying that. And I'm sure he didn't believe it. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I mean, I know it's not a good thing. And my lovely sister is a proper gardener, and I know that she wrestles with my choices. Not just on the grass, actually. Um, but, but it just it worked in a family way. So, yeah, I'm sorry about that. Are you, a, a, are you appalled by... Artificial I grass. It seemed very sensible, um, but now with the, all the kind of green stuff around. Oh, I know. Yeah, yeah. but you no. know that global warming is not—it's not our fault. So lots, of, <laughs> lots of things are. Mm. But, uh, but yes. But I mean, you're right. I, I appeared on the Today program for some reason. They couldn't find anyone else except me to tr- attempt to defend artificial grass. <laughs> And it was one of the reasons I came off Twitter, because the abuse was just astonishing. <laughs> uh, so I just I just do not need... Well, who needs this in their life? Um, no, I know, it's very painful. <laughs> very painful. <laughs> oh, Does anyone else have a question <clears throat> that triggers some difficult memories for Jane and Pete? <laughs> you have, actually. No, you really have. Anybody? People do get exercised by the most extraordinary things, don't they? Oh, it's incredible. Yeah. Are you missing Twitter? Uh, no, do you know, I'm absolutely not. In fact, I'd actually, until I mentioned it just then, I'd, it's gone from my life. Mm. Um, I mean, we all spend hours, don't we, mindlessly scrolling. Um, so I have become a, probably more invested in Instagram than I ever intended to be. 
Um, and it's just exhausting watching the targeted ads come my way. Mm. And if what do you, you get ads for? Well, if you're my age, it's just all about elasticated waist trousers, <laughs> um, some extraordinary new support garment that's... Mm. that's and what, sorry? Stairlifts, yeah. Not, not, not quite. quite. <laughs> not quite funeral plans and stairlifts, but I imagine after, after my freedom pass, then yeah, anything is, the is possible. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's very, saga very likely. Yeah. Yeah. Nothing wrong with a saga holiday. You still tweet, don't you? You still X. Yes, I do, I do. But I left Twitter because I got really sick of it, and then, I, then the, the coronation approached, and I thought, oh, it'll be fun on Twitter for the coronation. No, and it was. was it, it was. People were very, very good. They were very, very funny. People were at their Twitter best. Uh, and I've kind of stayed on it ever since. Because there are just a couple of things I want to have a bit of a rant about myself mm. before going. <laughs> and and Instagram's not... not it's you know, not ranty it's not, no. it's not ranty. Mm. Uh, but it's definitely... It's, it's changed beyond all recognition, hasn't it? Yeah. yeah. Uh, so, yes, I, I won't be long. I won't be long on it. On a coronation note, yes. I can't believe that neither of you mentioned in a highlight being sitting oh, in yeah. a box above Westminster well, Abbey. Well, it was going to be in my low light only because, <laughs> no, there was a moment. Do you remember that day? It was just... It, it was so cold. There was horizontal rain. Was, yeah. Yeah. And mm. we, were, we, we had a really amazing vantage point where, um, which was you know, the other side of the, the Abbey, across from the Abbey, but not where all of the other media people were. We were slightly set back. So you could very clearly see the king and the queen like that, very clearly see the little figures all the way over. Uh, but when it started raining, we were just in some kind of a rain, uh, a special gully of rain. Yeah. Yeah. And there was a moment where, where actually I looked like I'd wet myself because the chair was so wet. And I'd come in my dog walking coat. And even that hadn't stopped it from going all the way down my back, all that kind of stuff. I felt like a proper subject. Mm. You know, I really did. I felt like a surf. Yeah. And because I'd made a Corrie Bob's quiche, which had got very, very damp, and nobody really fancied it. And in well, fact, lovely Callum said, just a small slice, <laughs> which is the rudest thing you can ever say to someone who's just made the quiche. Made the quiche, mm. yeah. yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, uh, you know, J- Jane is by far the more... Uh, Monically, monically, monically inclined. Yes, yes. Uh, I feel a bit guilty about that because I'd said, "Oh, I'd really love to do a coronation program. I think it'd be really good fun." And Fee was slightly dragged along in my um, Windsor family. I would just would have absolutely loved to have watched it at home. Never mind. Next um, time. The Next quiche. Time. The quiche. Uh, if anybody, did anybody else make the coronation quiche? No. Oh yes. Yes. No, no, okay. Yes. You did. Was yours? Was yours lovely? <laughs> oh, good. Oh, okay. Gosh. Yes. Yeah. Because it had broad beans in it, didn't it? I put butter beans. Sorry, I put butter beans in. Oh, did you? Okay. Oh, that's very sensible. Yes, that probably is a better yes. a better bet. Yeah. Uh, no, right. the broad beans made it very claggy. Very very claggy. Yep. Yeah, they weren't. It wasn't nice. But Fee, um, was it the day you were off this week when I interviewed the food historian? Yes, yes, yes Wednesday. Yeah. So this fantastic woman, and I, I love fiction, but occasionally I really do enjoy talking to someone who's just written quite a nerdy book of nonfiction. And this was a book called uh, Stuffed, uh, basically about the history of British food. And this woman is a, a food historian. She's called Pen Vogler. And um, she, I did not know that the broad bean was so significant in English history because it was one of the few things that everyone could grow. Mm. And so everyone ate broad beans almost every day of the week. 
stewed broad beans, uh, fricasseed broad beans, broad bean surprise, uh, broad bean pie. Enough. Yeah, and all, of, all of these things. And it was just, I, I just did not know. Um, and so that's the sort of thing that occasionally really grabs my, my attention, that sort of nerdy thing. So I was slagging off broad beans when we were talking about it on the podcast mm. the other day, but I remember I had a great broad bean dip recently, which was sort of like oh, yeah. a guacamole, yes. but made of broad beans. Yeah. So mm. I take it back. Knock them at your peril. Yeah, I take it back, but not mm. the really like, sad, overboiled, wrinkly ones. No, I don't no. think, I don't think um, anybody would make the case. We've got a few minutes that. left. Do we have any more questions? Mm. I'm sure there must be some out there. Yes, yes. lady down the front. Who's been the hardest person to interview? That was who's been the hardest person to interview? Oh, I think just noisily, <laughs> very noisily. It, mm, she does a double nice. bite. Yeah, I've studied it very closely. <laughs> it's quite alarming, isn't it? <laughs> I really am feeling very self-conscious about that now. No, um, okay, um, who's been hard? In general, most people, if they're plugging something that they are closely involved with, they understand, and they're, and they're part of the, the. I mean, they know it's part of their role to be interesting about the thing they want people to invest in. Um, and you've got a bit of a cheek, in fact, if you are, you've agreed to come on a radio programme and then on a podcast. Obviously, they t- we take the live radio interview and put it on off-air a bit later. And you can't be bothered playing the game. Mm. I, I do slightly despair of you. Um, it isn't the same if you're interviewing somebody who's been the victim of a terrible experience or um, the victim of crime or someone who's been through a... a you know, an awful illness, and they, and they want to spread the word about it. That's a very, a very different yeah. kind of conversation, isn't it? Yeah, but and also because um, we don't really do the very pushy, shovey political interviews. You know, where you are really trying to get somebody to admit something. Mm. Uh, you know, right up against the wall. That's that's not kind of our remit at the moment. So, I'd I'd agree that we haven't had any. We haven't had any really difficult interviews. I think some of them might have been a bit difficult to listen to. <laughs> are, are there any that you've thought those haven't really worked? And do be honest, we, we don't mind. I mean, not every interview does work, does it? They just no. don't. No. Um, you, you want some people to... Be, I mean, we, uh, it was actually Jane and I who interviewed Geoffrey Archer <laughs> when Fee was on holiday. It's one of the most surreal days of my life. He brought a replica crown into the studio. It just says it all, doesn't it? <laughs> well... Um, yes, I mean he was he was just very odd, wasn't he? he? Was. But, then... but actually, uh, he wasn't being difficult to interview. But we were both pushing him to talk about prisons mm. and about the decline in prisons uh, and conditions in prisons. And he just wouldn't. He just wouldn't admit that the Tories. He was he was have... airbrushing from history. The fact that he had actually been in prison. In prison yeah. Uh, yeah, and indeed had written three books: Mall My prison, prison Diaries yeah. by Geoffrey Archer. <laughs> Uh, so I do think it's pretty legitimate to ask somebody. In that. So um, some people, so it was actually during the ad break that he, he said to us, no one's mentioned prison to me in 25 years or something. And I thought, well, they're idiots. Why haven't they? Um, you know, it, it's yeah. just, um, so you do, get, you do get little situations like that. But we probably normally wouldn't expose it. We wouldn't talk, we wouldn't say on air, well, we're interviewing somebody astonishingly difficult and um, uncooperative this yeah. afternoon. Fee, what do you want to ask them next? You know, yeah. we, wouldn't, we wouldn't do that. And you can't say um, that's bollocks on it. I mean, Anton, mm-hmm. you were trying to get Anton back to say whether, you know, keeping uh, Angela Rippon in mm-hmm. was, um, you know, well, they'd been sort of encouraged to do so mm-hmm. in spite of her. Well, just imagine if he'd said but, but, yes. But he's very on me- the problem is he's, they're on message, aren't they? 
Most celebrities yeah. are utterly on message. What, yeah. what they are really like, and we've both interviewed any number of them over the years, I, I'm probably none the wiser. No. I mean, if, if you really, I mean, Fee and I are probably much more, I'm much more impressed by people who've had lives of genuine public service. Mm. And actually, I can knock politicians till the cows come home, but uh, of course, some of them are terrible. But then who else will do it? You know, if, if, mm. if we get the politicians we deserve very often, and they're not all bad people by, by, any, by any stretch. What do um, we do to deserve Boris, though? Seriously. I genuinely don't know no. what I did to deserve that man. No. I, I can't imagine. He and I were born in the same week. I know. What a... Well, I mean, the June Can of 1964. Can I just say who's aging best there? Well, look at him. He's got a frisky young partner and 19 children. <laughs> I know. I mean, it's, um, there's no justice, is there? It really isn't. Anyway. You've got much better hair. Much better hair. Mm. Thank you, Jane. <laughs> Have you found anyone tricky? Well, I think uh, Rory Stewart was oh, was yeah. yes. actually, was yeah. tricky, yeah. but yes. I think that was as much on us as it was on him, actually, with the benefit of hindsight. And uh, he was in a funny, he was in quite a defensive position right from the get go, and that was a bit weird, actually, because I don't think. I don't think we asked him anything particularly unexpected. And his whole book is about not fitting into politics. So questions about why he feels that, I think, were entirely relevant. And uh, he definitely, he got, he just got, I think, actually more, more and more kind of upset as the interview went on. But I don't think it was, a, I don't think it was our finest hour. I don't think it was the easiest listen and uh, he was very, he was very defensive by, by the end of the interview. Mm. So that one just didn't work, really. It just didn't no. work. Sometimes, and I, I actually really, I was interested to meet him, and I wanted to like him. And sometimes people, I mean, if he's right, it probably was more as much our fault as his, if you like. But um, yes, he was, he was a strange one. Mm. Do you think some interviewees are intimidated? by being in a room with two very smart women occasionally? I think sometimes, uh, yes, I think sometimes mm. it might feel a bit novel <laughs> <laughs> uh, just to have two interviewers apart from anything else. Yes. And I think that is sometimes a, a bit strange. And, and I'm sure it's not entirely comfortable because you build up a rhythm in a conversation with one person and with two, it's definitely, it definitely feels more like an interrogation. Mm. You can see people you know in feeling that they're kind of in that position mm-hmm. but at the same time i don't think it's ultimate interrogation yeah. it's not or, a common inquiry no, no. or select no. committee yeah no yeah. no um but but i mean a lot of them we had who do we have in the other day who could not have been more at ease that uh, martin kemp oh yes when, when martin yeah. kemp from spandau ballet came in and saw us he was not intimidated <laughs> but he was perfectly charming yeah um, completely at ease with the whole thing, knew what he was there to do, delivered a lovely, interested, you know, he was interested in what we were saying, he sold his book, and he went off twinkling into the, into the afternoon. Uh, and why not? So a lot of men are far from intimidated. Yeah. You know, but actually, but, just to go back um, to Rory Stewart for a moment, he wrote such a lovely piece the, the <clears> following weekend after we'd interviewed him, and I don't think the two things are connected at all. 
but just about how he had felt actually, um, you know, quite shy with women all of his life. And, and some of that's to do with, you know, being sent away to school and all that kind of stuff. And it was a lovely interview with him and his wife. And actually the question that we asked him that slightly kind of soured the tone of the interview was about being comfortable with women. And so if we'd managed to elicit from him that lovely response, it would have been a completely different interview. Uh, And, you know, for whatever reason we didn't, the way that we asked the question or whatever it was, or the fact it was two of us, I don't know. Uh, But there's loads to learn, you know, from our perspective on stuff like that. Because that's what we'd really like, is for someone to be as comfortable in an interview to be able to just tell us the truth. That's why you're listening. That's why we're doing it. So sometimes you can see the walls coming up and then it's really hard to get them back down. Absolutely. I think we've got time for one more question, if there is one. Yes, over there. Um, I just wondered, I, I was, as I was coming here today, I was very aware that this time last year, over a year ago, I was in this neck of the woods because I was going to the Lion State. And I wondered if either of you, being Elizabethans as well, had um, felt impelled to go. And, you know, you were talking about the coronation a short time ago. I, I, did, I did think about going and I didn't go. Uh, I can't remember why I didn't go. I a great friend of mine went and said... Was it the queue? <laughs> it might have been the queue that put me off. The, the friend of mine who went said she went with her daughter who suddenly decided she wanted to go and she didn't know why they were going. But then when they went, they were both really glad they'd gone, if any of that makes any sense. Was it, was it the same for you? Was it? Yeah. Can you just explain for those of us who didn't go, what, what was so good about it? Well, I think I'd always felt very allied to the Queen. That, that doesn't sound too bizarre. Mm-hmm. I was born in Coronation Week. Right. So I grew up with a set of teaspoons that you know, mm-hmm. meant something to me. Um, mm-hmm. And I don't know, I just felt an enormous affection for her and respect. Mm. And I felt it sort of bookended yes. her life and mine. Yeah. And well, I was so glad I went. And the mm-hmm. queue was amazing. We queued for 12 hours. How long did it take you to get 12 hours. 12 hours. Wow. I started Gosh. in Southwark Park. And I had two attempts at doing it and got to the Westminster Hall at about 8 o'clock at night and hadn't sat down all day, really got on with the queue. It was, it was an incredible experience and one I shall never forget. Mm-hmm. And a lot of my friends who didn't feel so keen to go now say they wish they had. Mm-hmm. And I just wanted to, you know, the proximity and the fact that well, it's everyone in this room has yeah. been born during her... Rain. We yeah. could see the end of the queue quite a lot from the windows. And that was actually kind of a bit off-putting because you think, gosh, mm. that's, that's where that's it ends. That's going to be nine hours, yeah. 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 I got my first letters today with a child's stamp. Oh. And um, I actually I thought, there's something wrong with this stamp. <laughs> uh, looked at it, I thought, oh. Oh, actually, and it's so peculiar because I felt a real, oh. Um, I mean, I don't, I don't know why, uh, particularly, but it, it suddenly sort of slightly got to me. I mean, we don't have time for the story of where we were at the, on the day the Queen died. No, we? but all we need to say is we were at the People's Pet Awards. <laughs> <laughs> all we need to know. It was, uh, where else would you be? It, well, was, it was quite something, actually. And, I mean, it's in, in a way, let's, you know, we are being facetious about it, but what a way to remember Her Majesty. <laughs> it's I what honestly she would have think wanted. that she would have wanted there was, and it's not funny, except it sort of is, and I think she would have laughed. They played the national anthem at the People's Pet Awards when a wonderful actor, Peter Egan, took to the stage and announced that she passed away. And there were, you know, there's no doubt about it. Some people cried, um, sharp, sharp intakes of breath. 
but there were pets in the room. This is what you have to understand. <laughs> People were allowed to bring their pets. And they played the national anthem. And, um, but was that before or after the moment silent, the minute silence? Uh, no, the minute silence followed. And during the minute silence, you could hear probably about 15 or 16, mostly small pets, possibly Dachshunds, <laughs> being muzzled. So the minute silence was accompanied by quite a lot of... <laughs> which everybody, in a very dignified way, pretended to ignore. Tried to ignore, but unfortunately, one of the All Saints, who was on our table, it overwhelmed her and she had to leave. So she did. So uh, um, we just cannot forget uh, finding out about the passing of the late Queen. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think that's a perfect note on which to end. Um, I'm so sorry we've run out of time, um, but thank you all so much for coming today um, from north of Hull and from Somerset and from people who just came on the bus. Um, you can obviously get much more Jane and Fee from three to five, live every Monday to Thursday, and on the podcast every evening or whenever you want to listen to it, really. Mm. And um, hopefully we'll do this again every year for the next 30 years, yeah? Well, I very much lovely. hope so. Yeah. Yeah. And, and thank you. So, first of all, thank you for coming, because I appreciate that sometimes um, you, you, you apply to do things, and then the great day dawns, and you think, oh, for God's sake, we've got to go and do that bloody thing now. Uh, but, you, but you have turned up, and that's absolutely lovely, and, and we are very grateful. And by the way, you've, uh, you've obviously had your fill of all of these things, but I'd, I'd slip them into a bag. Yeah, that's, I, oh, yeah. that's what I think the bags are for, yes. to yeah. get the scones in, right? Take everything. Tip everything yes. in. Yes, yeah. I think yeah. some of them will travel quite well, actually. Mm. And <laughs> yeah. they even taste a bit better on the train on the way home. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. 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 Thank you all so much for coming. Thank you, Jane Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. You did it. Elite listener status for you for getting through another half hour or so of our whimsical ramblings, otherwise known as the hugely successful podcast Off Air with Jane Garvey and Fee Glover. We miss the modesty class. <laughs> our Times Radio producer is Rosie Cutler, the podcast executive producer. It's a man, it's Henry Tribe. Yeah, he's an executive. Now, if you want even more, and let's face it, who wouldn't, then stick Times Radio on at three o'clock Monday until Thursday every week, and you can hear our take on the big news stories of the day, as well as a genuine interesting mix of brilliant and entertaining guests on all sorts of subjects. Thank you for bearing with us and we hope you can join us again on Off Air very soon. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. 
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.